Yo, 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 what's up, everybody? Thank you for tuning in to yet again another fantastic indie creator interview. It is your Cave Crusader, Cody, and we are keeping it geekly with our brand new friend, Alan Russell. We're here to break down his latest three issues of Project Impact and everything in between. Alan, welcome uh, to the stream. How's everything going across the pond for you? Uh, is it, is well it, is it considered across the pond or like what? what is that? Uh, up north? Uh, what? Well, it's a lake, you know, that's, uh, we're across the lake from each other. So, uh, yeah, just, uh, you know, we are part of the great white North. So it's, uh, yeah. How's everything, you know, in the, the warm South for you, I guess. Oh man. Today was a rough one. We had uh, expensive car repair and then I left my phone in my car. So I got home. I was like, Oh God, I can't find my phone. Went to get my phone, left my wallet there. So I spent like an hour looking for my wallet at the house. Then got my wallet left the car keys there i'm like dude what else i'm gonna be losing my brain here if i don't get away from this place uh but <laughs> you know very excited for this interview uh and man i had the opportunity to read the first two issues and then we're gonna have a special chance to look at the first couple of pages of issue three so very excited but before we get to that first and foremost alan you know who are you and how did you get into uh, creating comics Okay. Uh, well, uh, by day, I am a substitute teacher and academic. Uh, up until, uh, well, over the last uh, well decade, I guess, I've been doing graduate studies in uh, applied linguistics. Uh, so I have uh, just, uh, I guess, uh, November 2020, I finished my PhD in applied linguistics. So wow. Uh, Congratulations. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, so that's... Uh, you know, dealt with there. But uh, in my regular day-to-day -day life, I do uh, substitute teaching and or regular classroom teaching. That's uh, I spent most of last year, uh, November till June, in uh, a grade four French immersion classroom um, as their homeroom teacher and things. And uh, yeah, we're gearing up for September and uh, we're seeing how, uh, how things are going to shake out. Um, as far as comics go uh there was a bit of a um resurgence in the canadian indie scene around 2015 2016 mm -hmm. when uh chapter house uh comics i'm not sure if you've heard of them they've, they've since rebranded to lev gleason presents um comics uh okay and uh, well at the time again they were the only large-scale canadian publisher and they had uh, acquired the rights to captain canuck um who is one of the longer standing uh, Canadian superheroes, uh, independent Canadian superheroes. Mm -hmm. he, he, he predates Guardian from the X-Men by about a year or two. Holy uh, crap. <laughs> yeah. So, so that's pretty uh, big, right? That, that was pretty yeah, big for them to get the rights. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So they got that. And it was around that time that there seemed to be like a, a, a real uptick in the output. There was a series like uh, Auric of the Great White North. Um, another one uh gosh what was it uh, big nick uh there's another a series actually called north uh a variety of just like high quality things popping up and i started looking at uh some of these um facebook groups and there was this banner um that was showing all of these different uh, um prominent indie comics figures uh or characters not figures mm -hmm. yeah, characters and i started thinking to myself well you know what why can't my characters be up there too <laughs> so that kind of got me going and i decided to start you know hammering away on the script and then once i got my my script sort of narrowed out i started talking here and there to uh to artists to sort of see if i can actually you know bring this uh bring this to life and uh, well that's i guess sort of the impetus of uh how we got things going no, that is that's so cool. Uh, if I remember correctly, uh, I, I think I read something about uh, some tabletop RPG uh, mm -hmm. kind of uh, motivated you as well. 
Yep, that's uh, the uh, one of the characters that uh, appears in the, well all three issues, but uh, he, he figures uh, more prominently in issue two. Uh, Pulsar, who's the the team leader, he actually had his original origins in uh, the uh, the old Marvel superheroes face rip uh, game that I used to play with my cousins. Uh, oh, that's awesome! The eighties and nineties, so he was very much. Um, sort of set in stone and uh truth be told every single one of the characters that is in any of these um issues have their own game stats already so i i, I gave them game stats before i even like put the first uh word on page because i wanted to sort of get an idea of like who they were what they could do how good were they relative to their you know opponents mm -hmm. and or patriots and just sort of uh built it from there so there is actually still a pretty prominent uh, community gaming community around the uh the marvel superheroes uh face rip version by tsr even though the game's been out of print since uh, i guess 92 i guess um there is still a, like a pretty vibrant community there so like you know in, in theory i could use my team in any one of their game sessions and uh, that's awesome that's fine no and i i really like how you created like stats and power levels for them i mean in issue two we see Two of them in a training uh, simulation, like go head to head. So, I mean, I'm sure that made it a little bit easier for you to kind of figure out how this fight was going to end up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, that's like uh, I think uh, from just a purely game, you know, game level, the damsel character would probably wipe the floor with him, uh, with Sizem. But I, I wanted to sort of demonstrate a couple of things. I wanted to demonstrate one, the sheer destructive power of what he would be capable of doing with his sort of earth control related powers. Mm -hmm. But uh, I also wanted to show his uh tactical prowess and just sort of show that uh you know the intangibles that would have come along with who he is as a character and how he could be like a, a match for again two of the heavier hitters on the team um you know just again using his uh his powers to their maximum one thing uh, we were talking backstage as well uh having the chance to read the first two issues which anyone who is watching you can read the first two issues for free on Global Comics, is there anywhere else that uh, it's available to read? Uh, well, let's see. They could also, uh, well, let's see. They could get it on, um, it's available for purchase both through drive-thru uh, comics as well. Like if you want the PDF of your very own, um, then uh, Global Comics, drive-thru comics. Uh, the first two issues had been available on Comixology prior to the big transfer of all the digital things and the well when they did that um, merger of uh, comicsology and uh, kindle direct uh, publishing and the fiasco that that all created uh, so they were available there the first two issues so there are people who purchased it there that can still read it there um, i haven't gone through the uh, the hoops to be able to make them available on comicsology again um, but yeah at this point drive through comics and global comics are the uh the, the main ones and uh, global comics at this point is, is where we've been focusing a lot of our energy because they've been just an outstanding platform no absolutely sure yeah 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 and uh man i i, I loved uh, just you kind of put a different spin on superheroes than what i'm typically used to uh, when reading like you really gave them like a personality outside of being a hero like what their lives were outside of you know the main duty uh one of them even you know he's kind of like stuck behind a desk uh doing you know b being the dispatcher and you could tell he wants to you know he wanted more and i really thought it was awesome how much like emotion you put into that so uh man i, I gotta ask like what was some of your inspirations for creating this like when creating all these different characters 
Well, okay, so uh, I like to play around a lot with uh, with words and language. With again, the background in uh, applied linguistics, I like to play with words a lot. Um, and the Sizem character that you mentioned there, like that's the, his storyline for issue two actually came about because of the way issue one came together. Um, essentially, uh, when I was putting everything together, um, ultimately the Pulsar character that I mentioned, he was the last addition to the team because I started thinking, well, like in terms of like if I wanted a character that was going to essentially be like the entry point or the sort of the guide into the world, the one whose voice I knew best was his because he's been around, you know, in my brain basically since the 80s and 90s. Mm -hmm. And so he became a natural sort of uh, addition. And uh, the end result was I had seven, seven members on the team. And that's a lot of characters to juggle. And so I, I made it a point to try and make sure that I was giving everybody their moment in issue one. And I realized by the time I was done that Sizem really didn't do anything. And I thought, okay, well, he's there and he's just kind of hanging out. Mm -hmm. That I can work with that. So I, I decided, okay, well, I'm going to, to build off of that and sort of build up his natural sort of, I guess, uh, a little bit aspects about his character. Well, who is he as a character and why, what might this do to him in terms of being like a major you know, former special you know, special forces operator, operator and all of a sudden being shelved, right? What's that going to do for his ego and his general disposition? And um, so when I was bringing things into issue two, I wanted to make sure that I um, gave him his moments that he didn't get in issue one. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I, I really <clears throat> pushed that. Now, like in terms of the character creation itself, um, well, the name Seism, okay, I, I, I'm, you've heard of like seismology, right? The study of earthquakes. Mm -hmm. um, seismic is an adjective that gets used quite a bit. Well, I, I realized, well, with something like then, like the, a, uh, an adjective like seismic, it's going to have to have a root, right? So I looked back to see if there was a root, you know, to that. And you know, seism itself is an old English word for earthquake. So I thought, okay. That's well, awesome. Nobody, that that yeah, works perfect. That, boom. Yeah, <laughs> take that. So I grabbed that. Um, when I looked at some of the other uh, characters, um, the Polar Knight character, uh, I had been playing around with sort of ideas and uh, it had occurred to me at one point that uh, they're like, are you familiar with the, the idea of the midnight sun? Mm -hmm. Where like, again, you've got like, again, daylight for 24 hours for like six yeah. to eight months or whatever like that. Uh, I thought, well, if there's a midnight sun, then there has to be an opposite. And that opposite would be Polar Knight. So I then played around with that a little bit to come up with, you know, the um, like instead of night, the conventional night with an N, just, you know, night as in knight in armor sort of idea. Um, so that's where that uh, came from. Uh, Moose, I had thought, well, you know what? There are a variety of um, sort of big strapping characters whose nickname end up being Moose sort of thing. So, but there's nobody in really in like superhero comics that goes by that moniker. Mm -hmm. Let's make a big strong guy who's kind of my answer to the Ben Grimm thing character, um, call him Moose. And I just sort of, you know, um, was going like that with, uh, with Damsel. I figure like, if you close your eyes and you imagine, you know, like what sort of images come to mind when you think of the word Damsel, right? You're going to have very distinct ideas that come into your head, right? Probably small, petite, you know, in need of saving, whatever, right? I took everything that I would have figured would be a natural for, I guess, word association, and I flipped it on its head. Mm -hmm. So instead of this like five foot nothing, little frail nothing, we've got basically Serena Williams with superpowers. 
so um that's that's kind of how i i built that sort of um like the characters themselves fitting though fitting fitting and i really like how this team is kind of like a behind the scenes team like do you have like two uh main personalities for for canada but uh, you really have this team be the ones that behind the scene that come and actually get dirty, do the work. Uh, and I kind of liked how you wrote that in there too. What was some of your reasoning for, for having them kind of be behind the scenes like that? Well, I thought, you know, like there, there are a variety of stereotypes that go along with, uh, with like Canada, especially like from a U.S. perspective, like we're always, you know, very nice and whatever, uh, very nice, very polite. Um, but one of the things that doesn't come up as often, maybe from your perspective, is how often uh, the, the American trends sort of like swallow us up here. So, um, like when you look at Toronto, okay, the, the city of Toronto has got a variety of different um, things that they have mimicked uh, based off of uh, the United States. So, mm -hmm. there's the Hollywood Walk of Fame in, uh, well, Hollywood, California. We have the Canadian Walk of Fame that popped up in Toronto, right? You have Broadway in New York. We have the Theater District um, in Toronto as well, right? Um, we have a CFL team in uh, Toronto that isn't very well supported. Why is it not supported? Because Toronto, like Torontonians, uh, desperately want an NFL team, right? So it's one of those things. It's like they, they want to be seen in a very American light. Whether they want to admit that or not, um, they're also desperate to get the Olympics, right? Because you know every major city, including a variety of different like world-class American cities, have all had the Olympics, right? So Toronto, but Toronto has never had the Olympics, so they desperately want that. Um, so I took that sort of aspect of how they would want, how we do tend to follow trends and sort of uh, mimic American culture to have the one side of things. So if we saw, say, for instance, a big superhero you know, surge in popularity in the States, then it would be perfectly reasonable for me that the powers that be here would try and do their own spin on that to try and mimic a certain amount of success. Um, but then depending on how well that went over, there would still need to be the people that actually did the work. Mm -hmm. So that's where, that's where the team itself came into. Uh, into being so were all the the heroes in this universe uh, like genetically modified by the government or were some of them like natural born uh, see, well pulsar is probably well uh, nothing has actually been like really really disclosed but okay. uh, pulsar, pulsar was was uh, genetically born that has not been you know really um, discussed but yeah he was uh, polar knight actually has got sort of more magical uh origins i want to try and dip into that in a in a future issue but uh, a lot of his uh his powers come from um the sword that he has okay okay so that's uh now then you've got uh well in issue one he's called the french guardian he's he's going to be trans transitioning into gardien du quebec uh the the armored mech sort of uh character he is guy in a mech suit so uh so in terms of uh on the team who have been genetically modified that would be damsel sizem recap and moose okay yeah and i really I, I really thought recap was a interesting way to have like the exposition you know kind of an idea of what was going on in issue one having him you know touch a, a dead body to kind of like be able to replay the last few seconds i thought that was an awesome way to kind of like just bring that exposition in without really you know having to dump it you know i haven't seen a lot of uh starts to a story that way either you know so what was some of the driving force behind that too that was a really inter re uh, excuse me an interesting way to start off issue one 
Well, I thought with um, well with recap also as well. Like that uh, that name just sort of came to me, and I started to sort of think about well, okay, if he it, like with a name like recap, what sort of powers would he potentially have? I thought like time manipulation or something about that. Well, you know that that's kind of been overdone. Like I was mm -hmm. thinking kind of. Uh, what is it? Uh, Tracer from Overwatch. You know how she can like jump back in time, you know, mm -hmm. or whatever. Uh, and I thought, no, that's 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 been overdone. And I just I started thinking, well, there's also well, there's uh, like precogs, right? Like uh, those who can like predict the future. Um, Postcog is is something that hasn't necessarily um, been explored too much. So that went sort of naturally with the recap um, name there. And when I thought about, um, well, the story for issue one and how I was going to get from sort of point A to point B, um, again, I wanted to make sure that everybody had their their moment. Mm -hmm. right? And I thought, well, the best way to give him his moment would be to sort of set the scene and sort of show what his sort of role would end up being on the team. Like, he's more investigative. He's more, um, again, uh semi-reconnaissance i guess it's a different sort of reconnaissance but uh you know certainly he was able to give a, a a good deal of you know an idea of what the threat assessment would end up being um so that was just sort of how i sort of started spinning what he could how he could possibly contribute to the story but uh in terms of the story itself i wanted to make sure that there was um a reason for the team to be mobilized in the first place and without it being the big you know big hole in the sky sort of thing right like mm -hmm. that's something you've got to sort of build up to and i remember the uh, and i mentioned it in the first issue that, that the power outage in uh 2003 that basically knocked out most of ontario part of new york um for hours and what a complete pain that was to deal with and uh, just the idea of, like how we pretty much just ground to a halt because nobody had any electricity at all and mm -hmm. i thought well that's something that people haven't actually you know done too much about like uh, it, it was i felt it was a better option than the generic bank robbery sort of thing because you know that that's that's been done to death um and i didn't want to go too high with the stakes right off the bat because again it's just a team introduction right so i had to sort of build something and i thought that that was a good um baseline that would give it would be a significant enough threat to bring the bring the team out but not a world-breaking threat mm -hmm. or even a breaking you know city-breaking threat it was like it was enough to get them out but not too much that it couldn't be recovered from yeah i mean the the, the stakes were high though uh because with the the power out for months that would cause chaos i you know that was put in the comic and that i think that's 100 percent true i i forgot what the statistic is but it's something like uh if the world is without power for it's like the world is like uh, like what three or four meals away from just complete chaos uh so like so stay same lines with with power like uh, uh it's like a couple of days without power the world would be in complete anarchy because you know without without power you're not able to like keep your food food cold you're not able to withdraw money from atms you're not able to call loved ones all devices start to die within like a day like complete mm -hmm. anarchy even, yeah yeah okay. and even just if you look at it like i'm not sure well up here anyway there's not a lot of people that go carrying cash anymore right there's like mm -hmm. everybody's using like automatic debit or like debit cards and stuff like that um so you take out the power then all of a sudden like commerce stops Yep. Right. The ability to get goods stops. 
right so then all of a sudden it's like okay well yeah as you're saying with the um like food water um medical supplies and the more desperate people get the more potential for anarchy there ends up being right so no absolutely um, uh real quick we have sarah our good friend uh, over on YouTube stopped in to say that is a really cool concept for a power and to start things. Uh, talking about recap uh, earlier as well. Um, so, and I, I really, I really love how uh, you, we were talking about enough to bring the team out because in issue two, we see uh, the team lead uh, make a call thinking that uh, a level three was enough for him just to handle. And he quickly finds out that he should have brought in the team for it. I, I thought that was a really uh, a really nice kind of uh, way for him to kind of just like think he has it handled. But he quickly finds out that he doesn't. Mm -hmm. Yep. And that's uh, the thing with uh, with Pulsar is he, he is the most experienced one on the team. Like uh, uh, he's supposed to be again sort of like um, late 30s, early 40s sort of thing mm -hmm. while the rest of the team are basically like early to mid 20s basically um so he's been around the block you know uh, a fair number of times and um what i'd wanted to do with again specifically the, the, the way i had set up issue two uh we had size i'm getting his moments and getting a little bit more about his backstory sort of mm -hmm. thing but i also had to counterbalance that with pulsar who he would feel is responsible for benching him in the first place so it's that sort of you know uh balancing act there where you've got again size him, griping and then the guy he's griping about right. <laughs> <laughs> and uh i think it's really quick too before because we have the opportunity to look at issue three of the first couple pages thank you so much for that pdf as well uh mm -hmm. let's talk about you know some some of the the uh the team uh and some of the other resources that made this comic possible for for everyone mm -hmm. well uh issue three specifically was um largely possible thanks to the uh, the London Arts Council and their uh, 2021 Community Arts Investment Program. Uh, what they have is they have sort of a, an ongoing uh, yearly um, budget, I guess, where they invest back into the arts community in our city. Um, and uh, so they'll they'll support things like the local comic cons, they'll uh, support things like film festivals, they'll support local That's awesome. Offices artists things of that nature so when i heard about the program i thought well i'm gonna i'm gonna do my pitch to see if i can you know get some uh some backing for our um, my comic project here um so i submitted it as, as a, an individual like under the uh, sort of a writing category and uh they they liked my pitch um and uh they they um yeah without them they it would have been a lot more difficult to get this off the ground because as I'm, I'm sure you realize, uh, producing any sort of, uh, independent comic is, is not cheap. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to make sure <laughs> I, get, uh, I got a little bit of help, you know, cause, uh, I haven't done any crowdfunding at, up to this point. Like the first two issues were paid entirely out of pocket. The third issue was also largely, you know, I, I was ready to do it entirely out of pocket, but the London arts council definitely lightened that burden. Um, which was very nice, um, and I, I cannot thank them enough for uh, for what they have um, they've contributed to specifically issue three. Um, now I, I would also like to you know take an opportunity to uh, thank again my creative team. Uh, yeah, Stephen, you know uh, Stephen Peterson has been the artist, uh, the line artist for all three issues so far, and uh, the quality of the artwork continues to increase from one issue to the next which has been outstanding mm -hmm. uh, in issue one i had gary scott Beatty, who was doing the colors and letters 
he did an outstanding job for us. He definitely gave it uh, a um, more of a Silver Age sort of feel to it. I, I was, think, yeah, with, I was gonna, um, I was gonna say, it gave me that vibe when I was reading it. Yeah, yeah, which uh, which was definitely like, uh, um, yeah, I, I think kind of a, a nice sort of uh, feel to it because again, it was kind of a throwback to. Uh, you know the newsprint uh comics that i would have been familiar with uh growing up uh, mm -hmm. and from from issue two and uh, two on so two and three i had uh, linda scott campbell uh as the colorist uh she uh has just done a, an outstanding job and then uh richard lumsden uh, has been doing our lettering uh, and he also did the colors for the the cover of issue three as well as uh, for the pinup series that uh, we've been putting uh, putting together for when we inevitably do uh, like print runs and things like that, and uh, hopefully Comic Con appearances, uh, God willing. That uh, yeah, that's we'll awesome. Have, uh, some pretty solid pinups and stuff to uh, to have there at the table as well. And um, yeah, so the, the creative team across the board from issue one to issue three has been just fantastic for me to work with, and I, I can't thank them enough for. Uh, for what they've uh, contributed to the uh, the project as a whole. No, absolutely. And we have uh, Calculus over on YouTube stopping in and say, hey, yo, welcome to the stream, Calculus. How have you been? I think that is the perfect segue. Let's go ahead and check out issue three, the first couple of pages, and and see what all this creative team has put together uh, for us uh, with Project is uh, Project Impact issue number three. So right here we have the cover. So who who do we see right here on the cover? Okay, and now what's, so what's going on? Okay, so we have Damsel, and she is surrounded by Horde and his, well, Hordlings, for lack of a better description. <laughs> That's, so, uh, uh, he has the, the power to, like, uh, man manipulate himself and such, or...? Um, Self-duplication, right? As okay. The, like, uh, with the name, like, Horde, you know, uh, he is his own, he is his own army. Right? Uh, yeah, so that, that would be a pretty uh, formidable opponent to go up against, first and foremost, just due to his size, but the fact mm -hmm. that he can replicate like this is, is pretty insane. Mm -hmm. Yep. So that's uh, yeah. He's he's uh, another uh, old time uh, favorite of mine. He's been sort of uh, existing in my uh, in my mind, dating back to the, the tabletop role playing games since you know, the the late eighties as well. So that's our creative team there. So the two of us from Ontario, and then two of us from uh, from British Columbia. And then, uh, do you want to give a shout out to uh, your your comic uh, label as well? Okay. Well, yeah. Like we're publishing under the uh, the name ADR Comics. Uh, we are um, on Twitter. We are on Facebook. We're on Instagram. Um, when it comes to uh, Instagram and Facebook, we're at uh, Project Impact Comic, and on Twitter, we're at uh, Impact Comic. Um, so, uh, yeah, it, it's yeah been fun so far. So, <laughs> Calculus saying he's uh, preparing to redo a full book. Oh, sounds like you have a full night's work ahead of you. Don't worry, though. We'll uh, we'll lend you our smooth talking voices to help you uh, get through that. So here we have uh, the first page. What are we seeing happen on this first page? Okay, so basically what we have is you have the introduction of Bob Conway. He is the, uh, the individual who has uh, come up with this uh, report um, where he has re reported an incident at his home. Essentially, what's happened is that uh, there was a break-in at his house, and some items have been stolen. Uh, specifically, uh, his sunglasses, his uh, his belt with his uh, Screaming Eagle belt buckle, and <laughs> and now he is convinced, of course, that these have been stolen by aliens. Mm -hmm. So, of course, the uh, the team is you know well. We got Sizeman Polar Knight there. Um, 
you can see uh, Polar Knight sort of making notes and whatnot. He's, he's uh, not uh, entirely convinced of... Um, well, I know for one thing, Seisman is definitely not convinced of the uh, the veracity of this man's statements uh, because, well, why on earth would an alien go stealing things like silverware and sunglasses? Mm-hmm. But, of course, you know, Bob is quite convinced because he left through a rip in space and time. And, you know, this would sound crazy diving into this issue for the first time, but with issue two, you've seen a dragon literally go through a rip in space and time, and it's like, all right, <laughs> that, that, that very well could happen. Uh-huh. <laughs> Yep. So then we have again sort of the flashback to weeks ago, and we have uh, an individual from uh, representative of the uh, the Hood alien race coming back. As you can see, he's carrying uh, well, I believe that's a football. He's wearing a, a football helmet. And he's you know carrying a, like a, a either a small screen TV or a tablet, uh, believing that again that he has uh, returned with spoils from the uh, the human world. <laughs> And right, quickly, quickly finds out that those are not spoils. <laughs> well, it's actually yeah. Like from from uh, from his perspective, he's he's bringing back examples of their culture and their technology. You know that will help them in in their um, essentially casing the earth mm-hmm. for its um, its its uh, viability for their their purposes. I love uh, how but, detailed this is. Like, holy crap. We have Sarah also saying these pages look so good with a mind-blown emoji and uh, Calculus saying digging this art. Yeah, mm-hmm. this is super detailed. I love how, how like, just drawn out, well drawn out these panels are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, Stefan did an outstanding job. That's, uh, I think, uh, we, you definitely put a lot more uh, effort into making sure that, that, that we really got the, um, the setting right. Because, mm-hmm. again, I think if you don't do enough, like, background with the... Um, well, the background details and things like that, then you just don't get a feel for where they are. And it, it, it I think it impacts the quality of what, uh, what you end up with. And right here we have, it looks like some sort of like chapel or almost like a, a throne of some sort. Yep. This is the, the, the main, uh, throne room of the, uh, the black hood. Uh, he is the, uh, the leader of this easy, uh, a warlord an exiled warlord, um, uh, who is sort of, I guess the, 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 master and commander of this particular uh, vessel and uh, he, he lets his um, his minion know re- rather quickly that uh, um, he really doesn't care about cultural artifacts because as far as he was concerned humans are going to end up just being fodder for his armies anyway so <laughs> enough of the content we're not going to be bringing back any of this crap anymore um, so of course flashing back to, to present day and we've got uh, we've got Polar Knight and uh, Sizem discussing uh you know, um, what they just, uh, went through. And of course, you know, size and being ever, ever the skeptic is, uh, you know, not, uh, not really believing too much of what, uh, what was going on, but poor mm-hmm. Knights are trying to, um, convey, well, look, like not every time that you leave the office, is it going to be, you know, some major, um, you know, crisis or whatever like that. Sometimes part of the job is again reassuring the public that they're safe. Right? Yeah, so yeah, and I think that's very important too. Yeah. So then, you know, of course, when we're when we end up, we got Pulsar and Recap back at the headquarters there, and that's uh, uh, essentially, you know, Sizem goes giving his his, um, his summary of what had happened, and he mentions the rip in, in space and time, and Pulsar is like, "Well, hold on, wait a second. Like next time, lead with that, right? The rip in space and time, it, you know." <laughs> A bit more important than whether or not you, you know, um, 
believe anything else that uh, mm -hmm. the guy has to say. So I don't so, know how much of this you want to keep going through because uh, you just dropped this uh, in the middle of July. So this is still hot off the press. Uh, you know, I'll scroll as much as you want to, but if you want to stop right here, I get that too because I don't want to spoil too much of the good. Okay, I think that's that's probably a good uh, good spot. Well, maybe maybe pop down and get us at least get a, get a chance to see uh, see Damsel there. She's uh, she's setting up her uh, her sensory gear at the uh, the Tecumseh Skate Park. Um, mm -hmm. so Tecumseh, Ontario, is just outside of Windsor which is uh well, actually i guess it's technically part of windsor which is right across the river from detroit um and uh so it's funny when you actually go to the tecumseh like sort of website one of the things that they have is a live cam for the skate park and i remember when i was looking these sort of things up i'm like well wait a second here you mean are you trying to tell me that the only thing that you guys have of note going on in this place is a live cam to your skate park Okay, I guess I know exactly where this thing is starting then. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, I, 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 I love I love this panel break too with the camera. And real quick, you can see a glimpse. Like it's not all talk and communication. There's going to be some crazy stuff that's going to happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's uh, um, yeah. I think like basically everything really takes off pretty much right after this, right? So as soon as uh, the uh, the power surge happens, we have ourselves a uh, a portal begins to open and. Uh, and then the, the fun really begins. So this was the first couple pages of Project Impact issue number three. Uh, where can people find this uh, this for purchase? I know this is available behind the, uh, a paywall on Global Comics, but uh, mm -hmm. uh, where where can people are people able to buy the physical, or is it just digital right now? Uh, at, at this stage, it is just digital. Uh, we are investigating the possibility of doing like a, a um, like a three issue combined sort of mini trade. Mm -hmm. um, so that because uh, we haven't actually done a print run yet of any of these comics it's all been digital up to this point uh but there has been a growing um interest in in uh people getting like their hands on physical copies so um my thought was uh package them together in like you know sort of a three issue trade volume mm -hmm. uh, just to give sort of uh people a bit more value for their uh their hard-earned dollar especially you know now that we're hitting a recession and whatnot it's uh you know, uh, and plus it's easier to store as well. That's um, so I'm investigating that possibility. But right now it's available on uh, Drive Through Comics and on Global Comics. Um, so those are the two outlets, two exclusive outlets at this point where you can find them. We have Sarah saying uh, getting the setting right is so important. Super good job doing that with all those details. Yeah, I have to agree. I think. Uh, the art really speaks for itself with issue three and it, it just it looks gorgeous and can't wait to see what happens with the rest of that uh, It sounds like there's a big uh, throwdown about to happen. Oh, you yeah, you I think you're gonna be like impressed Well, you're again, you've got access to the uh, the full issue there. It's, it's uh, <laughs> um, People who have uh, who have read it have been genuinely like Thrilled at the way things go. That's mm -hmm. it's, it's it's a pretty um, pretty tight issue overall, I think. And then the art, I can't say enough about you know, what St uh, like Stefan and uh, Linda did with the art, and of course like um, Rich with the lettering. I think uh, Rich has done a good job to not overwhelm the artwork, and he like he's got all the markings of what you want in a letter, where like the 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 lettering does not knock you out of the story right mm -hmm. the best letterists are the ones that you don't really notice right and i think that uh, his um his contributions shouldn't be uh be understated but again stefan and uh linda have just completely like rocked this uh this issue 
No, that is so awesome. So what's next? I mean, how many issues do you have planned out for uh, this series as a whole? Well, it is, it's one of those things that like, I've been sort of trying to gauge interest one way or the other. Like one of the things I found um, off the first issue was that um, doing justice to a cast of characters of seven um, is pretty difficult. So I <laughs> took a lot of inspiration from the uh, the old John Byrne run of Alpha Flight. Um, the early, I want to say maybe first 10 issues or so, he would have like a main story, like a sort of uh, an A storyline, but then the last like five to 10 pages of any of the given books were devoted specifically to like individual character origins to sort of uh, bring readers up to speed as to who these different characters were because uh, their only other appearance for some of them was like a few panels in one of the X-Men books, right? So mm -hmm. he devoted space to the individual characters. And uh, I thought, well, I had, the first issue where it's the broad introduction of the entire team, well, let's pare it back a bit and focus in a little bit more to give greater character depth to individual characters. So you're seeing a lot more character development and growth for, say, Sizem, for instance, and Damsel. So like uh, uh, Damsel had you know, um, action sequences in, in issue two, as well as she's a, a major um, player in, in issue three. Uh, Sizem, again, had his character building moments in issue two, but also you're, you're starting to get a bit more of an idea of who the guy is in issue three mm -hmm. as well. Uh, Polar Knight hasn't quite had the exposure that uh, that the others have, although he again had action beats in issue one, and here he has a, a bit more character beats and sort of conveying who he is as a as a hero, um, just in terms of how he's understanding the different situations and what their role is in terms of public uh, PR and whatnot. Mm -hmm. So I want to try and sort of um, be doing things with more individual uh individuals or pairs of characters to sort of give people a chance to sort of get to know these characters and then i also have got a sort of an interlaced story that has been really in the background but it's still there that i want to start i'm sort of starting to build towards like I is know it like an outside project impact or is it in the world well, it's well. You can actually see it in the beginning, like the last few pages of uh, of issues one and two, right? You have the the presence of the uh, sorry, the presence of the Pravis Research Group. Okay, mm -hmm. they're going to become much more significant as things roll along. Okay, but um, in terms of where, like, I know where I want the series to go in terms of like the the big moments, but I also want to make sure that I don't rush them. Mm -hmm. So, like, essentially, um, I want to make sure that anything that happens as far as major character development ends up being earned and i really want it to to land correctly and i think if i if i push it too quickly like i could very easily do what i want to do in the next issue but i don't feel that it would have the same like impact oh, impact as it were yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah yeah that's uh um yeah it wouldn't have the same impact if i rushed it so mm -hmm. I'm trying to give people a chance to get to know the characters more and sort of hopefully get attached to uh, the characters more. Um, one of the things that's, that is coming up, um, Rich uh, has been doing, uh, just again, to sort of practice and get himself more back into the, the comic swing of things, um, is he's been working on a, um, a small uh, like four or five page um, moose mini story. So I'm trying to sort of like build these extra little things here and there um to try and i uh, just build up 
character attachment. Yeah. Um, there is also another character that I am debating about spinning out. Like he is eventually going to spin out from the Impact book itself, but I'm not sure whether or not he will be like the next thing that I do, or whether or not I'll move directly to issue four. So I'm kind of deciding on that. And uh, essentially, you'll you'll once you finish issue three, you'll know what I'm talking about um as far as where i'm potentially spinning uh spinning things out to um but uh that's sort of the uh i don't have a set issue number in mind it's just a matter of i want to make sure that i've done the characters justice so that when the big stuff happens it really lands absolutely i think that is uh i think that's a smart way to go about it and you know there's no there's no no need to rush you know you got nothing but time and issues to, to get written out and planned out so i think with that being said this would be a perfect time for us to begin wrapping things up before we go alan i always love asking one question in particular because as much as this is a show where we really promote you and your book it's also a nice learning platform for anyone new that might be watching so with that being said for anyone who might be interesting in getting started or maybe they have already started but they're just stuck getting going what type of advice would you offer them to help them just kind of break through that barrier? Uh, well, first and probably the biggest one, and this goes back to what uh, we were talking about a little bit earlier. Uh, one of the bigger challenges when it comes to indie comics in particular uh, is the money aspect of things. Uh, and one of the underexplored areas ends up being local arts associations and grants and possible opportunities such as that like again if you've got yourself local arts councils and things like that whether it be again like municipal state county whatever uh in my case you know city you know provincial whatever right see if there's something out there that will help you along the way because again we can't do this all on our own that's why so many creators go opting for you know crowdfunding and mm -hmm. uh like especially if you are a uh, predominantly a writer and you want to bring your stuff to, well, the public, it's going to take money, right? Like there are some people who who are slick enough to you know play the whole oh I'll, I'll you know give you like residual whatever you know like once we once we make back a certain amount well there's no guarantee in that right and as far as I'm concerned everybody's time is valuable right yeah so yeah I, I agree my my creative teams have all been compensated before before the first book has even like left in terms of um like release right they've mm -hmm. all been they've all been paid right so there's nobody i'm not waiting on you know extra funds to come in so that i can you know fill out my ious or whatever like that's uh so i think explore what your resources happen to be okay um there are going to be different granting agencies especially in the states you guys seem to have a lot more um variety in terms of like foundations and um government grants things of that nature and like if you look into things that where they're investing back into the arts right uh explore those options as thoroughly as you can and throw your name in right because you never know what's going to happen no that is awesome i i never would have guessed to look into that type of thing and i think that piece of advice could definitely help someone especially if you get a grant that could definitely help save you know a couple hundred a couple thousand depending on what that grant is for uh, mm -hmm. out of your own pocket so i think you know you need to really explore those resources that are that are at hand alan thank you so much for coming on here breaking down project impact and everything in between this has been such an awesome podcast uh real quick where can everyone find you at once again uh you know your social media handles okay well on twitter it's uh, impact comic um 
So uh, now not Impact Comics, because I believe that's a different uh, thing entirely, but Impact Impact Comic is our uh, main handle there. Um, on Instagram, it is uh, Project Impact Comic. And on Facebook, again, Project Impact Comic. Uh, we do have a link tree. Uh, it would be a L-I-N, so link tr.ee slash Project Impact Comic. That will give you all of the access to all of our different uh, social medias, as well as uh, how to uh, get our books. No, absolutely. Well, you guys heard it here, and you heard it here in the flesh. Alan, thank you so much for stopping by. This has been an awesome Monday night. I hope you guys are all having a beautiful time, but most importantly, keep it geekly.